Welcome to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Now, the name of our program might be a bit unconventional, but for that better, so is our approach. We'll discuss traditional and alternative practices and therapies designed to improve and maintain the health of your best friends, your pets. With the ideas discussed on the show today, your pets could live longer and healthier lives. Now, here is Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Hi, I'm Kristen Carlson here with Dr. Jim Carlson. We're at Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center, located in Chicago's Northwest suburbs. We're in McHenry, to be exact, at 31 and 120. So if you're ever in the area, we do want you to stop by and see the Healthy Pet Lifestyle Campus that we're developing here. Um, it's an old car dealership, but we got to move from 2,500 square feet to 10,000. So, yeah, <laughs> so we love it. we're <laughs> able to put in an indoor dog park in a pet retail section. It's much, much larger than what we used to have because we only had a little room that, for that before. And then um, the holistic center as well. So um, anyway, we uh, are glad that you're with us today. So Midwestern Pet Foods has a voluntary recall And this is due to a salmonella health risk from one of their plants in Monmouth, Illinois. So I have some questions about this. Midwestern already had an issue and they had to recall a whole bunch of pet foods. But now we accidentally, you know, I try to save some paper and I don't want to print out absolutely everything I run across, but this is like five pages long. The, the, my, uh, Carly came back and she's like, I ran that off for you, but it's really long. This is a huge amount of pet food that could have been exposed to salmonella. And this is the FDA uh, reporting this on their website. They have a lot of really good resources there. You can see everything, everybody, any food company you want to look at um, and check them out a little bit. So um, some of the feed that I think that a lot of our um, clientele and a lot of our listeners are interested in is the Earthborn Holistic Adult Vantage. Um, They have a lot of different I mean, literally like a page or two of earthborn only foods. Um, so they've had some issues. So we had a recent recall and now this huge recall. But I guess I don't understand how salmonella gets in these products. Okay. I mean, I get that it might be there in the very beginning, you know, because you're handling, you know, the, the company would be handling like raw meat, raw ingredients, all that kind of stuff. Mm. But don't they cook it and get it out of there? They do. And, and uh, during the cooking process, it will kill off the salmonella, but uh, where we run into trouble is then uh, products that are added after the cooking process, okay? That could be contaminated or for some reason, the food may, that's already prepared was somehow next to product that wasn't, you know, and got contaminated that way, cross-contamination by employees, um, equipment, things like that. And, you know, since the melamine scare years ago, we are. That was sam- like 15 yeah. or 20 years ago. Right. When um, they were importing raw ingredients from China. Yeah. Correct. And there was melamine in it. Yeah. It was laced with melamine. And a lot of dogs got really sick at that time. They did. And if, you know, at least since then, the sensitivity testing and the product sampling in this case was just a random sample. Uh, the tests have become more sensitive. So we're picking up on it more. They're doing routine uh, kind of what they call voluntary recalls. Okay. So in this case, the sample was shown to have contamination. So the company voluntarily just pulls it off until they get it figured out. And um, 
the problem with salmonella, it's, it's surprising to say, well, doesn't salmonella and other bacteria get destroyed in the stomach acid? Okay. And the answer is yes. If, but the weird thing about salmonella is that in meat and egg products, it can actually, the meat and egg product actually protects the bacteria and raises the pH instead of around two oh. to around six, really? even up to eight. And so then the salmonella can survive that and move on to the intestine. Oh, and the creepy boy. little guys, they like to invade the epithelial cells of the intestine really? and replicate there and create, they can even hijack the white blood cell called a phagocyte. Okay. And the phagocyte, what it does is it basically kills off bacteria. Well, the, the white blood cell goes into the area of infection, but they're carrying the salmonella in there. Mm -hmm. So they can basically salmonella can go anywhere. Oh, I didn't know it was that invasive. It is. It, that's why it, it causes like, almost like it morphs or something and makes it worse and worse. It does. And it can live out in the environment for a very long time. So freezing actually doesn't necessarily destroy it. Well, that was my next question. You know, a lot of, um, a lot of the raw feeding groups you just don't understand that information, yeah. you know, um, that, that it's still a con contamination problem yeah because they can think survive it, it yeah. will get rid of it it's like no it doesn't get rid of it and it's it is different than handling salmonella laced like chicken or something in your home mm -hmm. kitchen it's a little bit different mm -hmm. it is because you know it it likes the surface and they when they tested um in one study that i read when they actually tested the bacteria um, it really likes to live on the surface of food and in countertops and things like that. And it's always meat based, but the problem is it be, it's from the waste output of animals, mm -hmm. the source, but when the pet or animal, the domestic animal gets infected with it, they're shedding it out. They may not even be sick from it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, people that are most susceptible, obviously, or, or people have immune system deficiencies. Uh, but, and also children, you know, children are really susceptible to it as well. So that's why handling of raw food and handling of, you know, minimally processed food is really, really mm -hmm. important. And in fact, this food is completely processed. It's been completely through this entire factory, five pages of different kinds of food made by Midwestern, which is actually based in Evansville, Indiana, but this plant happens to be in Monmouth, Illinois. So lots of, um, actually, there are a lot of pet food plants in Illinois. Um, this is just uh, one of many, actually. So um, owners should always be worried or be concerned enough to wash their hands after handling any animal food. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Proper whether hygiene. it's raw or whether it's something from a bag. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wash your hands. Good hygiene. Uh, wash the food bowls and water bowls is uh, an extra precaution. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, signs to watch for, or is, is going to be, you know, classic gastrointestinal signs of, for yourself and your pet. So mm -hmm. vomiting and diarrhea, uh, high temperature, you know, fever, those things will be uh, usually incorporated with that. It's going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be very sick. And so will you and stomach cramps, um, mm -hmm. and as well. And all, all those are very, very uncomfortable when it's considered a food poisoning. You know, we had a dog that was coming in here. Well, she still comes in here, but a puppy and the owner had purchased some pet food and this was not a pet food that had been recalled. Nothing was, there was nothing out of the ordinary about this food. It was like, here's what the dog's eating. Okay. But the dog had all of those symptoms. Mm -hmm. And then 
she just couldn't figure it out. Finally, you sent her off for an ultrasound. It's like, what is going on here? There's got to be something more to what we're seeing because it's not getting over this diarrhea, the cramping, the pain, mm-hmm. um, having to go outside all the time, having accidents in the house. And so <laughs> she actually ended up giving that bag of dog food to her sister because we put her on um, we put her on a Royal Canaan GI low fat. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's just a great food that is often used in animal hospitals when you've got these like chronic GI cases. Right. So um, we put her on that. So then everything cleared up, but she gave the bag of dog food to her sister and that dog got sick. So now we know it was the food. It was the food. Yeah. And that food had never been recalled. It's never been on a list. It's not, you know, in the FDA or anything, nothing, nothing. So I guess you never know. And it may not hurt if your dog is having those kinds of symptoms to just stop whatever you're feeding them. And do you always just stop what people are doing or do you, and then redirect them like to another food or something more mild? How does that work? If you've got a chronic case of this? Well, initially you want to, you want to switch the diet, you know, either in adult dogs, a short-term fast, like 12 to 24 hours, where Mm -hmm. they're just cleaning their system out. Um, the second thing is then introducing just a processed or minimally processed bland diet. So chicken and rice, beef and rice, uh, just to get their digestive tract going again. But if we're blending the food back again and the problem comes up, then we scrutinize the food and look at that, you know, because there's certain ingredients or certain protein in there that the, the pet can't handle. It could be a preservative or something like that. And then we start to target the food as being a source of the problem. Okay. But if they get back onto the regular diet and everything's fine, probably not the food. Okay. All right. We do actually have um, under the weather, if you guys have heard of it, it's like, you know, the consistency of those boxed mashed potatoes, but it's chicken and rice or um, they have a bison, which they've actually been out of stock on lately, which is disappointing. They have um, under the weather with bone broth. And Mm -hmm. we do give that out a lot um, because it's so simple. You don't have to cook for your dog. You can just reconstitute this. It's all done for you. And that's a simple package. So we do um, prescribe that a lot. I really like that one because it's, it's like a warm soup, you know, just a warming Mm -hmm. food. It's bland. It's easily digested. It it really gets them back on track. Okay. All right. So I put this um, company announcement um, from the FDA, from their website, about Midwestern Pet Foods voluntary recall due to possible salmonella health risk. On our page, um, our Riverside Animal Clinic page, and also on our group, which is Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. We have a lot of questions in that group uh, coming up today. And then also if you're joining us live here on Facebook, you can definitely write your question in the comment section and we'll get to that as well. So we have a lot of questions coming up today, ranging from um, an eye problem. There's like this kind of like blood caught looking thing in this dog's eye. She sent photos and that's in our group question today. Thoughts on fasting for senior pets and as a possibility to help them heal. Um, And then allergies, any products out there that can soothe itchy skin and wanted to address also Vanessa's comments about uh, the root cause of gut health as, you know, a, p- a potential for itchy skin. So uh, we have um, some debate and discussion going in that group. It's always welcome. Please add your comments in there. And it's, again, Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. 
anyway, okay. So before we get to the questions and again, be sure just to go ahead and um, write, uh, write anything you want in your, in the comment section here, we can see it live on Facebook. So um, we're looking through studies and one that's always interesting is anything cancer related in dogs. But now uh, a new study that was just released says a dog's body size and shape could indicate a greater bone tumor risk. And this is for particularly large dogs like Rottweilers, Great Danes, Rhodesian Ridgebacks, and they have a greater risk of osteosarcoma than smaller breeds. So first of all, um, before we get to the rest of what this study says, and it's out of the University of Bristol in the UK, um, what is osteosarcoma exactly? It is a very malignant bone cancer. Okay. Okay. Problem is, is that when it starts at the, the, it's an isolated area. Usually the forearm is where we see it most commonly, but it can be in the back leg as well. Starts off as a really hard bony type bump. Okay. Uh, very uncomfortable. Uh, the problem is, is because it's intimately uh, contacted with the bone marrow, it can actually spread to other organs, especially the lung. Okay. And, but it can go to the liver, uh, go to uh, the intestinal tract as well. The problem is, is uh, it's so aggressive and it, it's mostly seen in young dogs. So it's, it's really sad uh, because the youngest dog I had that had on his or patient with osteosarcoma was just a year old. It was a Rottweiler. Oh, really? And um, how it, do you, like, what are the signs of something like that happening? That's pretty alarming. It is. And most of the time uh, it can start off as a really painful lameness in a young dog. But most of the time, unfortunately, we see it when it's you know, almost too late is that they say, well, my dog is limping. It's really painful. He's got this bump on its leg. Mm, bad sign. Bad sign. Okay. Yeah. So when you're saying they're, they're running around and they're lame, like, what does that look like? Is that like head bobbing lame? Is that like, I can't bear weight on my leg? What does the lameness look like to a pet owner? It could start off as a mild lameness, but then it gradually, or very rapidly, unfortunately, uh, manifests into a non-weight-bearing lameness. And it oh, can be really, really uncomfortable. That's, the, that's where, um, unfortunately, when they're talking about more conventional therapy, uh, is because it's so painful, is that amputation is often recommended just to get them out of pain. Oh. You know, because the bone is... That's is, sad. Is a, one of the worst pains we've all had a sprain mm. some of us have had a fracture all some hurt. of us sprained their neck at a puppy event last weekend playing yeah, with puppies yeah. sprained my neck. <laughs> now you know how painful that it's that gone is. on all so, week i can't i almost thought i was gonna have to do this with the, my neck collar off today <laughs> yeah yeah so turning my head to see you is a little bit difficult but mm -hmm. anyway so nothing like this uh unfortunate experience that these pets have so where exactly, other than the leg, do you see these osteosarcoma tumors anywhere else? Uh, the, the mouth, especially the lower jaw. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, can be uh, manifest there as well. Um, there again, usually showing uh, a lump or something that's very, very uncomfortable in the jaw. And uh, usually underneath, not in the mouth itself, oh, okay. but it's usually coming up from underneath the mandible uh, and pushing So is up. it just a bump or is it something like... Or? Usually a bump at first, but uh, okay. in it's basically mutated osteocyte, which is a bone cell. Mm. Okay, and uh, when that cell becomes uh, mutated, uh, it just grows 
crazy on its own. Aww. It's not paying attention to the growth pattern or anything like that. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, it's a so it's aggressive. It's very aggressive. Yeah, it can be from you know <laughs> something like pea size or microscopic, which you can't see, into a very massive tumor within thirty days. Oh, you're kidding! Yeah. That doesn't give bad. people a lot of time to react. It does not. It's so very, if it if it does that that quickly, how much time do you really have as a pet after that? That that's a problem because <laughs> there's no early detection really that you know, at, at this point that we can find it fast enough because most of the time when they come in, it's almost too late. <laughs> and once diagnosed, basically uh, without any treatment at all, you basically have a two month lifespan <laughs> post-diagnosis. We, if we do amputation and chemotherapy, you can extend the life up to a year in, on average. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, with, with surgery and, and chemotherapy, the, the pet obviously has some uh, toxic effects from that too. Obviously, pain uh, adjustments in terms of amputation and also um, just recovery in time and just getting used to being three-legged. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a lot for the pets, for sure. Okay. So if you were going to take your best shot at it, it a lot of times, you know, your first thing you'd probably refer out, right? First thing is refer, you know, you want to do your due diligence and see the oncologist and get the latest and greatest information in terms of, of cancer treatment. The, um, the second thing is that we always want to incorporate some holistic therapy because we want the, the body to start fighting it too. And surprisingly, even with just general holistic care, and when the owners decided that, okay, we're just going to try to write, go as far as we can, manage quality of life, is that we've actually seen pets go up to a year. I had one case of osteosarcoma, which we used holistic therapy and was able to get up to a year before it started to advance again. Um, some of the products I like to use, one of all is the Matrix products. Um, this one's the daily immune support. Uh, I really like this one. We also have the turkey tail one, which were, it flies off the shelf so fast that we didn't have a sample today. Um, but I, know I just ordered eight more of them. Right. Yeah. Turkey tail is a pretty big deal when it comes to cancer treatment. It's a, it's a really good product because it, it targets the cancer cell. And so it gets the immune system involved to try to attack the cancer cells as well. So uh, turkey tail mushroom. Um, there are some Chinese herbs I really like to use. One's called concentrated bone stasis. Okay. Um, that helps to alleviate the stagnation and allows uh, the immune system there again to start working on it, keeping it isolated so it doesn't go into the body. And then over time, maybe trying to shrink it down or slow down the growth. I think I remember when you used stasis breaker on a dog like this one time with a big tumor on the leg and the, it did break it all up. Yeah. And that was the, the one that lived up to a year, you know, before, because okay. it, it was diagnosed yeah. uh, in that case, uh, had osteosarcoma uh, and secondary fibrosarcoma, which is kind of the, the distant cousin to osteosarcoma, oh, really? but both very okay. aggressive. Uh, stasis breaker was the other one here. Uh, really like that one um, as well. This helps to break up hard tumors and okay. we uh, go with Wei Chi booster. Mm -hmm. And Wei Chi Booster is a very good uh, product as well for, to support the immune system 
and get those cells ready to take out redundant cells. I really like Weichi Worcester for that. All right. So we have some nutrients, pure krill, and some digestate. So yeah. gut health, all those things uh, combined. <clears throat> all right. So interesting. If you've got a Rottweiler, a Great Dane, a Rhodesian Ridgeback, you really need to um, just be on the lookout and be aware that this could happen to your pet. It's mm -hmm. unfortunate. Um, they said um, there's actually a team, a uh, research team working on it. They found 27 breeds, most of them large, had an increased risk of osteosarcoma compared to crossbreds. And 30 breeds that were smaller had a reduced risk of that uh, compared to crossbred dogs. So I'll actually put this um, link on our Facebook group and our Facebook page for you guys. Uh, so you can uh, take a look at it yourself. So we have um, Dr. Salzberg today. She was coloring eggs last night and her chocolate lab mudslide was salivating for a hard boiled egg, much to my surprise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she ate the whole egg, shells and all, uncolored of course. And she wonders if it's okay to give eggs as part of the dog's diet. She does have allergy issues, so we limit her proteins and want to be sure this is okay. Egg is actually a really good omega-3 and 6 fatty acids. It's a great protein. Uh, it's considered a neutral protein as well. So um, it's one of those in which you can use uh, as part of the bland diet program, you know, for, for dogs who may have some upset stomach. But uh, an egg a couple times a week can really help with the coat. Um, okay. you do want to be careful of the raw eggs, but you know, a boiled egg is super, um, so would the raw eggs have salmonella or raw, what? Yeah, they could salmonella. And the reason that happens is say, well, it's in the shell, right? But commercial eggs is, are washed mm -hmm. and it washes off the protective layer and actually can contaminate the inner yolk. So it's porous. It, yeah, it's porous. All right. When it comes out of the chicken, it's not. It's it has a little kind of <laughs> waxy material that's sitting on top of that, but it's usually removed during the washing period. And uh, you know, if you're farm raising, you know, raising your own chickens, uh, it, it's going to be on there. If you just lightly wash it, you know, make sure you use good hygiene and washing the eggs. You don't want to scrub them, but unfortunately, in the commercial lines, yeah, they're really going to never quite figure out how to wash them because we do yeah. have some chickens at home, mm -hmm. um, and uh, I don't know. It's really hard to get chickens right now. Yeah, it's a big deal. Like you have to go on Thursday if you know they're coming on Thursday. They might have another round on Friday. Went over there, um, all the chickens are gone, so it, they're very hard to come by because a lot of people are getting into it. They are, yeah, getting into the chicken thing, which I love my chickens. They're great and they're good. Uh, they're good pest control as well. <laughs> that's, that's the main reason why I love those chickens. So um, Jennifer uh, is joining us live on Facebook right now. And she says the osteosarcoma is also very common with greyhounds, unfortunately. Yeah. There again, that kind of fits the criteria. Long leg, mm -hmm. long skull. Uh, oh, really? Two of the main criteria in that study were, were found to have that. Surprisingly, the short face breeds like your Frenchie. Yeah. are least susceptible to it. So they so short legs, short face. Right? So they measured them. Yeah, they measured them, and or and they found a correlation between bone size or head size or what. Mm -hmm. So they found the shorter the legs, the least likely. The shorter the face, oh. the least likely. Interesting. So so they unfortunately the greyhound would fit in that criteria really? as well. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, the greyhound got. I mean, you 
there is just not a better dog. They're wonderful. Oh, they're yeah. great dogs. <laughs> so much fun. I know they're so laid back. You, it's surprising. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, we did an article. I helped you with it for, uh, I think it was for pet MD. And that was like one of your number one picks was the greyhound yeah, <laughs> uh, for a family dog. And then we just did a general article about uh, greyhounds that was published on pet MD and um, the dogs were just like, so cute. Yeah, so appreciate. We have the greatest greyhound that comes in here too. She's so sweet, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they have um, they rescued her, and um, they always bring her in in this beautiful collar. It's like four inches wide because she's got that pretty long neck. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this dog is fantastic. Like she's she's just everything. She just comes in trotting in here like she owns this place, and she's so confident with her parents. And yeah, she's really cute. That wonderful care. I love that dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and I like her owner very, very much as well. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, Randy, uh, Randy has been on our Facebook page here and on our um, holistic vet advice group with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. You can join that group on Facebook. I'll let you in. And anyway, Randy has some questions about allergies, any products out there that can soothe itchy skin. She's working on figuring out the root cause of where these allergies are coming from. But in the meantime, she'd like to provide her dog with some comfort. Randy, if you're listening right now, could you just tell us um, what kind of dog you have? That would be great if you can uh, fill us in on that a little bit. So we deal with a lot of allergies and we're getting into serious allergy season. And I feel like it's hard sometimes with some animals because you've barely recovered from last year's season (laughs) with a lot of these pets because once they get going, it just changes and it just turns on like something in their body that just won't quit. That's, that's for sure. And because once the allergen enters, it becomes a pathogen. The immune system starts to react to it. Uh, It's a golden doodle. She says six month old golden, golden doodle. And it's been noticeable on her belly and underarms since four months. So for the last two months, you've been struggling with that. Yeah, belly and underarms, young dog, we're looking more towards the GI tract, maybe food sensitivity. Oh, really? Uh, as being the number Why? one cause. It seems like the location of, of food allergies can be armpits and flanks, dogs under a year of age, uh, uh, feet, uh, face, and also under the tail if they're scooting or having uh, oh, really? you know, anal gland issues. Uh, oh. Also, we start to look at food, especially on stubborn scratching. Um, to, you know, we think about what's the criteria. Well, the only way the allergens can enter is basically three ways, respiratory skin and GI tract. Mm-hmm. So when we want to protect those areas, the first thing is if we're using a chicken based product, we want to use flaxseed oil about one half to one teaspoon daily, uh, basically coats the gut and protects it against invasion of what they call leaky gut syndrome. Mm. If we're using a cloven hoof product, so lamb, uh, beef, uh, venison, for example, we want to use walnut oil, same amount, a half to one teaspoon per day. If we're using those two products, we also want to include uh, sardines is a great way to add those omega-3 and 6 fatty acids because chicken and uh, the poultry products and the beef products unfortunately don't have all the essential nutrients of omega-3 and 6 fatty acids in there. So you want to add fish. If you're on a fish diet, then you don't have to add any oils. Uh, and if we're using nutrition, we look at the base nutrition, but then we also go a little bit less processing, processing a little bit less processing each time. 
when we do food trial because we're looking at just trying to get the GI tract going. Unfortunately, from the outside, uh, there's the food allergies are least responsive to medical therapy, but topical therapy can be more soothing. So your um, the uh, you know detox formulas for the shampoos just to remove surface residue can be really helpful. Um, using uh, especially in the armpits, uh, we want to reduce the chafing. So we can that's use, really uncomfortable for dogs. It is because yeah. the skin rubs together there. It gets so red. It, right. It's, it's just kind of surprising. And you're like, oh, I didn't, you know, like you roll them over and you're like, oh my gosh, that has to hurt. Right. And we like to use a non-talc type powder there. Okay. Which uh, can reduce chafing. Like a cornstarch type powder. Right. Okay. Does it have to be medicated? No. Or- that sounds like that might hurt. Something it, medicated it, is like high menthol, I think. Yeah, the high menthol can be a little bit irritating, uh, but just using something that's going to reduce friction there is, is okay. important. Right. Um, and then your SRT analysis can be helpful. Well, we have, a, yeah, we have another suggestion for you, but we do have to take a break. So Randy will be coming back to discuss the rest of your uh, question. And we see um, you've added a couple of comments as well. So that's coming up in just a couple of minutes. We'll um, be right back here on Voice America. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Get ready to go inside the lives of some of the top recording artists the music industry has known. Join host Troy Bronstein every week as he becomes a prince among queens. Troy discusses the careers and past, present, and future projects from these artists. And if there's time on each show, you just might hear some performance gems as well. Listen for Prince Among Queens every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. What are the labels that identify us? Who are we? And how do we figure out our place in the world? Do we own our narrative? If you were to create your biography today, what would it say about you? Listen for Dropping In with host Diane Dewey, the author of the award-winning memoir, Fixing the Fates. Diane and her guests will give their version of finding themselves. Find out about your authenticity by dropping in every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
You are listening to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Hi, I'm Kristen Carlson here with Dr. Jim Carlson. We're at Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center in McHenry, Illinois, which is Chicago's Northwest suburbs. We have the Healthy Pet Lifestyle Campus. And we also have a group called um, Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. That's on Facebook. You can join that, discuss your pet's health problems, um, get some advice from other people. And also we have several questions from that group and people you know, wanting to know how we can help them. If you have a question, we're live on Facebook at Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center. Um, which is facebook.com slash Riverside Pets. And we're addressing those questions as they come up on our feed uh, during this live show. So um, we're talking about Randy's dog, her golden doodle. It's mm. a six month old golden doodle puppy. So it's itching um, its belly. It has broken out under the armpits. And she said it's also chewing its paws and the top of its tail. Mm. And I feel like we've gone through some of this ourselves, especially with our first golden retriever, Blanche. Mm. She had that whole belly thing going. And then um, I think we did some rounds of raw diet with her. And then she never really had it come back. Right. I feel like it was like a serious chronic problem. Yeah. Yeah. And then the hardest thing with with dogs that are itching and scratching is, is once you apply the therapy, at least to me on second opinions, is that it's, it almost sets them, almost locks that problem in, especially if you start like a corticosteroid. Yeah. Um, it I could like, see that though. Right. Because the body I mean, gets Sometimes you have to do it. it, right? Yeah. You have to go with the steroid because there's just no other choice. I mean, this dog is miserable. Right. You have to do it. But sometimes. if that's your only route, I don't think you're ever going to get out of it. No, because... What's actually happening is when they're exposed to those allergens, they're actually creating immunity. But when you treat them with the medication, they won't do that. Okay. You know, so it just alleviates the symptom, but the body couldn't process it fully to understand, okay, now my body has to produce antibodies against this. That's the theory behind allergy shots is to create antibodies against the allergens. The problem with allergy shots is they work for a while, but then they become allergic to other things. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's, it's temporary. I was kind of surprised when I read up on that, that the, you know, the traditional allergy therapy in dogs, um, you know, where you send it out and you do all this stuff. It actually wasn't as effective as I thought it was going to be. And now they have like drops you put in their mouth. Mm. And those were only, I think 50 to 60% effective. Yeah. Maybe the whole thing was up to 75 or 80% when you factor in all the shots and all that. But it, I just thought it was a guaranteed uh, slam dunk when you did something like that because it's really expensive. Very expensive, but only uh, unfortunately the last study I saw was that twenty five percent actually you get a cure. It's it's almost one hundred percent effective. Oh, fifty to um, seventy five. Well, fifty percent, twenty five to fifty percent. I say of those is that you're going to get some relief. So that gets you up to 75%. And then unfortunately, 25% on the other end have no significant difference. Really? You know, because uh, 
there could be an other source, it could be a thyroid issue or something like that, maybe right. blocking it. We don't know. So one of our um, viewers on our page yesterday, uh, her name's Vanessa, and she said, root causes is gut health. Well, that's the thing though, is that you can't totally be sure of that because there are many different factors that come in and gut health is extremely important. We all know that. So mm -hmm. gut health is a tremendous source of your own immunity. So but the thing is just, just applying gut health as being like the solution to everything isn't quite how it works. No, because there's the other, there factors. could be other things wrong. Yeah. Okay. Cause there are two other areas through the skin. They can get allergens and, and through their nasal passage. Mm -hmm. And then they can have health problems. We've right. seen um, the one that really I thought was interesting. And this was through SRT. You know, one of the things that we use here is an unconventional type of allergy test. It is an FDA approved medical device, um, SRT. We call it custom holistic testing. So it takes a sample of your pet's hair. Okay. And we put it on a test plate. You use a surrogate. Energy in is energy out. And it, it looks at all the different kinds of energy deficits, chronic problems, acute problems. And it's been very key for us in, for you, I should say, in diagnosing and treating animals. You're mm -hmm. just using that as, as maybe not a total diagnostic image. Um, like not, not that the whole picture isn't just SRT. You have a lot of things that come into the picture, blood work, um, the mm -hmm. physical exam, uh, diet, oh, so many other things. But the SRT custom holistic test does tell you a lot of things. Right. And, and we might get, this is the woo-woo. Okay. Mm -hmm. But the biofield is the energy field that the Chinese called chi. Mm -hmm. uh, the chi is there to provide the life force to the body to help with blood flow, nerve flow, to, to help the heartbeat, to the brain to communicate with the body and things like that. So we look at the life force and then we look at the mind. The mind is the transporter, the communicator to the body. Okay. Now we think about the body itself. It, it has its own intelligence. We don't have to tell the heart to beat. We don't have to tell the, the, the body to go to sleep. It gets tired and it goes to sleep it, to digest food, to get, to heal all of those things. But unfortunately, because the body has its intelligence, it will record things that can interfere with healing and proper function. Mm. Okay. So our intention is that we are, are going to, you know, go for a walk. Okay. But the body says, well, walk means soreness or upset stomach or something like that because it associated that with a prior experience. Okay. Right? It's called dis-ease. So SRT can measure that dis-ease and determine if the body is picked up on any data that's going to interfere mm -hmm. with the pet getting better or yourself or, or any other animal. These, um, and it's very important in the underlying therapy for full recovery because it helps us to understand, well, what was the cause? How did it originate? Your body tells the story. It says, okay, these were the things. It may not exactly match up because, but that's how chronic disease forms. You're treating something, you're targeting the skin for itching but it could have something to do with the lymphatic system mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe a previous injury, maybe exposure to a toxin we weren't aware of, those kind of things. So we had it, a it dog. All adds up. We had a dog that came here. Um, he's passed away now because it's, it's been a long time ago. And they had been everywhere. They've been to the dermatologist. They've been 
everywhere trying to figure out why this dog had this chronic huge lick on its leg couldn't leave it alone and it was just like this big open wound Mm -hmm. basically and I mean, they really were on their last legs because, you know, we do do a lot of second opinions um, here in the clinic. Um, You do, I should say. Mm -hmm. And you get a lot of staff support with that. But the thing is, with that dog, you found, first of all, that the dog's kennel was in the garage and they were bathing it basically in exhaust fumes. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that showed up exhaust. And then secondly, um, you found a couple of food issues and another fossil fuel issue, which was propane. Mm -hmm. And they love to feed that dog mozzarella cheese and grilled chicken, which they grilled on a gas grill. Yeah, that all came up. All of it came up. Um, So the truth was told (laughs) about this particular dog. He did get better. So that's how SRT can work for you. Um, And it's just an interesting program. It's a lot to learn about. I mean, so like, you know, when you're teaching people, it's kind of confusing. It took Mm -hmm. me years to really understand it. And I think I do, but I'm not totally sure I do. Yeah. And we're always learning about it because (laughs) there's so many, so many, so many ways to to tell you like how to do it. So anyway, so Randy, um, you know, there are alternatives to traditional allergy, um, you know, allergy issues. Uh, I hope that we've helped you today and helped you find a few things that you can try um, at home, kind of where we started with, you know, like the powder and all of that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And if you need any more advice, you just let us know and we'll see if we can try to help you out with that too. Okay. All right. Um, so our next question that comes from our holistic vet advice, Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson group on Facebook. What are your thoughts on fasting? Uh, senior pets to help with healing. So tell me first of all, like fasting and healing, like how do those two things go together? Well, the fasting uh, recruits the best cells to move forward. It actually helps to get rid of redundant cells. And we kind of think about it is, is in a, if, if we're, if there's enough energy available, even the redundant cells could survive without being cleared out. They can survive a little bit longer than usual because the nutrition is abundant. It's there. When we fast, those redundant cells get starved out. And those are the type of cells that are really important uh, as the best cells going forward, not the redundant cells. So fasting once a week, usually on a Sunday, um, if a pet's never fasted before, maybe start with just, if you feed twice a day, just go to one meal a day. Okay. Okay. Then maybe the next week go to half of that Mm -hmm. and then half of that. Okay. And just keep going until and initially they get used to being fasted on that Sunday. They just know that they're not going to eat that day. Okay. Make sure you provide plenty of fresh water. If you want to give them a little broth or something like that, that's totally fine. Even a little snack is okay. But most of the time you're going to give the body a chance to recover and restore. Most important factor with raw feeding is you have to fast. Processed food, you don't, you don't have to fast, but you should but raw food is essential uh, Why? because What's the, difference? the body is because of the raw food, it's using up uh, so much energy to provide, to make that food into energy, but also there's the more potential for, because it's such a rich food uh, to create toxins in the body. Okay. So fasting just oh, gets rid of okay. the toxins. It helps to reset <clears throat> the system, reset the saliva, all of that kind of goes back to our, the primal nature of animals 
uh, let's take the wolf, for example, would go some period of time fasting before they would eat again. Okay. And, and that's the idea is that the body's used to doing that. We just think well, they have to eat every day. They have to eat twice a day. They got to eat food, food, food in abundance. And they don't, <laughs> you know, it's, we think, well, am I going to hurt my pet? No. And are they going to bug you to death? Well, at first they will, you know, because if they're not used to it, they're going to be staring at you like, where's my food? Because if I'm eating twice a day, where's my meal? Right. You know? So fasting is something that they have to get used to, but should do it at least one, one day a week. Okay. All right. I always feel like um, <clears throat> those old time animals or, I mean, not old time animals, but like wolves and, you know, the coyote and stuff. Like when you look at them and you, you know, you see them running across the road or something, um, they always look rangy. Mm-hmm. that's like the perfect term for an animal like that. Yeah. Cause they're not eating all the time. No. And they're moving around a lot, you know, and actually thin is good. Lean equals longevity. And that's important. There are certain breeds that it's, it's hard to do like your big muscly breeds because they have a lot of muscle, but they can still be lean. Uh, it kind of goes back to, you know, how to keep them as lean as possible. Well, think about spay and neuter a little bit later when they get mm-hmm. over a year of age, um, making sure that they keep their hormones a little bit longer because uh, that's important to keep them lean and that lean body mass mm-hmm. because um, they always say fat and healthy. Well, that's, that's not necessarily true. You know, we want them to be on the leaner side, especially when they hit their really the seventh, to eighth year of life. If they go into that time overweight, it's, it can reduce the lifespan by even up to four years surprisingly. So if they're going into that time lean, you can expect possibly another three to four years of life for them Okay. on top of what their average would be. So we're talking about 15 plus years. One of the comments is Jim, your beard game is fierce. I'm loving it. Oh, gee. <laughs> Thank <Alex>. you. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, another question from our Facebook group. Um, she took her dog to ER and it has this like weird looking, okay, so there's the eye and there's this like blood clot thing in it. It's just like stuck in there and you can see it obviously um, toward the inner eye. What is that thing? Well, this is uh, a little blood clot. It's called hyphema. Okay. Okay. And so hyphema can be due to uh, a systemic illness. It could be due to high blood pressure. Uh, it could be due to infection in the eye. Uh, it could also be due to what they call macular degeneration. Hmm. Um, there's, you know, the first step is making sure that, you know, blood work is done to determine if there's a problem with one of the organ systems, especially the kidney and liver. Um, number two is that if you can get a blood pressure check uh, to see if they do have high blood pressure. And then a third is see the ophthalmologist. I have a very good referral ophthalmologist. I love Dr. Wasserman at I Care for Animals. Yeah, we're really lucky um, to have yeah. I, an I Care for Animals here. That place is great. It's awesome. And we had to take one of our animals there. Yeah, we actually, did. Our kitty. And he will inspect, the ophthalmologist can inspect the eye. They can use certain tools to determine what the root source is. Um, make sure that you're going to see the referral, that you talk to your veterinarian about it, but at the same time is get those baseline um you know, at least get the blood work done before you see the ophthalmologist because uh, what he's going to determine, what he or she would determine is that, you know, what's the eye pressure? 
what's the fundus or the back of the eye look like. And they said uh, in a recent study by American Pet Products Association that seniors are on the up and up with, because they like caring for somebody. So feeding, playing, walking, grooming, and um, having a little structure to their lives gives seniors a renewed sense of importance and having a routine might even ward off depression. That's cool, cool. isn't it? Yeah, I love that. So, um, you know, there are a lot of dogs that have been going to hospitals to help people out. Schools, hospitals, all these kinds of things. So um, I had therapy dogs in the past. I had a a couple of therapy dogs and we had a therapy mini horse. She's still with us at this time. She's like 24 years old. I think now she's super cute, but you know, they were very particular when we used to go to the hospital um, where, cause they were allowed in it when we lived in Ohio and extremely particular, of course, hoof care and um, paw and uh, how soon they'd had, how recently they'd had a bath and their grooming and everything and also their pet food. So they couldn't be on a raw diet. The dogs couldn't, Um, but they have had such great effects. Percentage of doctors reporting moderately to significantly better relationship with staff due to a pet being in the facility, physical condition, 88% better mental health condition, 97% better. And the mood or outlook of a patient improved by 98% by having pets. So this uh, infographic is from the pet effect.org. Very interesting. Um, And the cleanliness uh, issues have brought up a couple of different things. One, are they going to use robot pets (laughs) in hospitals? They could actually replace real therapy pets. And they said, they tried it in a school and um, this is from the university of university of Portsmouth found the robotic animals got as much attention as the regular pets. Yeah. So it actually went over pretty well. <laughs> and there's also another study uh, from Utrecht university, which says paw hygiene is no reason to ban assistance dogs from hospitals. So hygiene uh, reasons are given as the main argument for refusing entry to assistance dogs. And that can happen with your mini horse too. Cause when we moved to Illinois, you couldn't do any of it. Um, but in Ohio, it was okay. And I mean, you had to be really careful. You had to scrub them. They wore shoes, yeah, you know, all of that stuff. Shoes. Yeah, it was super cute. <laughs> um, so they sampled the paws of 25 assistance dogs and the shoe soles of their users. And they actually found the dog's paws turned out to be cleaner than the soles of the shoes of the people who were handling them. <laughs> wow. So um, they were for bacteria, including Enterobacteriaceae, which is very common outdoors and an important diarrheal bacteria called Clostridium. So um, these are kind of an interesting study. Who knew? Yeah, who knew? But it kind of I mean, makes your sense. Your shoes are dirtier than your dog's feet? Well, it, the the truth about the paw pads, you know, they're, they're almost like a the, the little kid's paper where you could draw on it and then scroll and get a new sheet and a new sheet yeah. is that the surface layer is going to slough lightly during walking and day-to-day use. Okay. Unfortunately, our, our shoes could do that too, but the, the type of material that's on the sole, unfortunately, could absorb toxins and things like that. Hmm. Um, it's less likely that the paw pad's probably going to do that. So maybe that's why. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, how do you, how did, how do you keep them clean? Like by the time you get there and you walk inside the building and everything, even if you wash them at home, what do you do? Well, they can like in certain facilities, they might have a foot bath, you know, a natural, you know, detox formula in the foot bath where they could step into it um, or using wet wipes before they go into the building. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, even putting some boots on, you know, if the dogs are agreeable to it, to have the shoes on, uh, it could also be helpful as well uh-huh. because you, you're going to have those specifically to just go into the building. Yeah. Um, and that would be an, a number of ways to keep the contamination down. Well, good therapy dogs are pretty agreeable to about anything. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of extensive testing that goes on with therapy dogs. So uh, ours just happened to be kind of like a natural at it. She's a golden retriever. Yeah. She was a very good therapy dog. Yeah, she was. For sure. <laughs> she was yeah, really good at her really job. Good. She loved it. So, um, anyway, the study, uh, you know, so the dogs may not always work out, and the horses may not always work out in particular medical settings. So they found these robot dogs, okay, and they found that they were providing calming and enjoyable interactions for kids, increasing their feelings of well-being in improving motivation and reducing stress that biomimetic robots that mimic animal behaviors may be a suitable replacement in certain situations. And there are some benefits of using them over a real dog. Well, you can sterilize that. So that's probably one of your main benefits out of that. So although lots of people in schools and hospitals benefit greatly from receiving visits from a therapy dog, we have to be mindful of the welfare of the therapy dog. Visits can be stressful and incredibly tiring for therapy dogs, meaning we should be exploring whether to use a robotic animal and whether that's even feasible. So they set this whole thing up and they, uh, at the uh, University of Portsmouth, Olivia Barber, who also owns a therapy dog, she was part of this whole thing, uh, set up these little robot dogs and they can be incredibly lifelike, mirroring the movements and behavior of a real animal, like wagging their tails to show excitement, expressing emotions through sounds and color mm-hmm. and turning their ears towards sounds <laughs> and even going to sleep. So they sound super cute. They um, and the kids actually spent as much time with them as they spent with a real dog. <laughs> kind of makes sense. You know, it, it's sort of like a life, you know, a, a more advanced toy mm-hmm. in a way, you know, yeah, because sort of. And then I, I can see the advantages maybe uh, if the if the kids have an allergy to the pet or That's uh, to a live dog or, or maybe have just a, a fear aversion, something like that. Those mm-hmm. are, uh, you know, things that I think a, a robo dog would probably have some benefit. Yeah, that's true. Plus it's clean. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. Hope to see you soon. Have a great day. Have a great one. Thank you for listening this week to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson again next Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now go make some time with your best friend.